and welcome to season four of the Horton Hangout podcast, a dental podcast like no other. I'm Laura Horton and each month I hang out with individual experts and we answer the questions that you have sent in relating to their field of expertise. Do look out for social media posts and my monthly newsletter to confirm the upcoming guests so that you can send in and have your questions answered every month on season four of the Horton Hangout podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to this month's podcast. This month, I am hanging out with Mikey Bateman. Mikey is amazing. He absolutely knows everything. And I love to describe him as an absolute knowledge bank. And we're going to get into his forms of knowledge and how he's learned so much shortly. Let me tell you a little bit about Mikey. He is the business manager of Fergus and Glover. These are award-winning practices located in Aberdeen. That's where Mikey resides. And there is also a practice in Glasgow too. Mikey is the admin alongside the wonderful Sarah Carney of the Facebook group, the Dental Practice Manager Forum. He's also an award-winning practice manager. And one more string to his bow, Mikey is a freelance consultant for Agilio, which was formerly Code or I Comply. They've had a rebrand and a bit of a change there. And Mikey has been in that role for the last 12 months, which is really exciting. So without any further ado, hello, Mikey. How are you? Hi, good morning, Laura. I'm really good. I've had a really good week. Um, It's Friday, which is always a great, great day of the week. So yeah, excited to have a chat with you today. Thank you so much for joining us, Mikey. I do really appreciate it. Thank you for hanging out with me. Shall we get straight into these questions that our lovely listeners have sent in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the first one really is important, Mikey, and might take some time to answer, but it's really about you and your journey into dentistry, becoming a practice manager and a knowledge bank, as I describe you. You know absolutely everything. There's never a question that you don't know an answer to. And that may be on the Dental Practice Managers Forum. You're always there. You're always answering. You're guiding people, supporting people. But what I find the most interesting, and I know you have been a business manager for 15 years now, or practice manager for Ferguson Glover for, is it 15 years or 2005? Um, yeah, it's about that. So, um, yeah, so probably just um, about 17 years unofficially. So, yeah, I need to get my maths right, don't I? <laughs> so I know you've been a manager for a serious amount of time now, but you you didn't come in from the dental industry. You worked in a completely different industry. And I think this is so inspiring to all the managers that are coming into dentistry you're really going to help and support them today with with your advice because unlike many other practice managers unlike myself I mean I had a head start when I moved into managing practices I'd been working in dentistry for years and years as a dental nurse as a treatment coordinator so I really had a head start and when I've been running management courses in the past and there's always been an even mix of managers that are there from dentistry, the grassroots like myself started as a dental nurse. And then there have been an equal mix of people that have come in from outside of dentistry, completely different industries, which is so interesting. But I've always thought, gosh, how do they learn dentistry? Because it's all I've ever known. And it's, you know, such a, a vast area. So 
how can you help our listeners that are from outside of dentistry and can you give some advice and top tips of how you became so knowledgeable how do you know everything yeah so I think yeah obviously um, my background um, before I came into dentistry was IT and project management and I worked in oil and gas I worked in public sector and I think the important thing to remember is at the end of the day dentistry is a business that that's that's the bottom line dentistry is a business but we're, we're caring for people we're caring for people's oral health um, and my philosophy is is that a business is a business is a business um, it doesn't matter what that business does the, the core principles are the same you've got your um, your team who work with you um, and obviously you have to be able to look after that team you have your patients or, or customers and you have to be able to look after those those customers because if you don't look after your customers or patients, then you know what? They're going to walk to someone else. And then obviously there's, there's the, your community around you. Um, and that's really important to remember that. And I think that that's why certainly for people coming from out with the dental industry is that remember you have transferable skills um, that, we all come into it from a, a different angle. Um, and so whereas I had a lot of essentially business and IT knowledge and a lot of people management knowledge, the clinical side of dentistry and the compliance, I maybe wasn't as strong on when I, I joined. When I wasn't as strong because I didn't know anything about dentistry other than being a dental patient. Um, whereas people within the industry like yourselves who've worked up from being dental nurses or receptionists or TCOs, they know dentistry inside out, but perhaps the people management skills or um, the business management skills, that, 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 that's where they're lacking. And it's really about understanding yourself as an individual to, to know, well, where are you lacking your skills? What, what does the role ask of you so that you can then seek out the knowledge seek out the training that you need um, in order to do the job so certainly for me coming into dentistry as a non um, non-dental person some of the best things I did very early on was really asking questions really that and that's always been my philosophy is is asking why why are we doing this why are we doing that what does that do why do we do it that way? Because it doesn't matter what job you do. You, there's always more than one way to do things. There's um, obviously right ways and wrong ways, and but there can be multiple right ways to do things. And the other thing that I find certainly with the dental side of it, and specifically things like dental terminology, was really immersing myself in the practice. So going into the surgeries to watch what was happening clinically um, to understand, well, what is an implant placement? What does an extraction look like? What does a filling look like? Um, and I mean, I'm not a squeamish person um, by, by any real stretch of the imagination. I mean, I've watched sinus lifts and I've been like, oh yeah, this is, this is great. But put me in a surgery where someone's taking a tooth out, then chances are I'm probably going to be pretty much almost on the floor. So um, it's it's things like that that are important, and I think that's that's a big part of it. Is um, and and I get a lot of heat because I often say 
from a, a PM point of view, the dentistry can be learned. It's um, it's not rocket science, and I'm not. I don't mean any disservice to dental nurses or dentists or hygienists, but if you've got an inquisitive mind, you can learn enough that you can do the job. I mean, we're not not saying that I'm ever going to take a tooth out because I'm not. I'm never going to um, replace a dental nurse because I'm not. Um, I can assist um, dental nurses and I have in the past. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really important. Obviously in terms of um, the, um, from the other side of things, is, is looking at well what, what training is available. And, and certainly when I started out in dentistry what, 17 years ago, there really was no training. Um, and nowadays there's, there's so much more training available. Um, and be that you can do things like the ILM series of courses. There's lots of comp- um, organizations that will do training for practice managers. Um, in Scotland specifically, there's um, the PDA award for dental practice managers that's organized by Ness. Um, and that's, that's a fantastic course. And that's geared at people either coming in from outside dentistry, people within dentistry. Um, and I think that's now been running in Scotland for about five or six years. And, and speaking to people that have done that course, they've, they've gained so much from it. Other areas of courses, I tend to look at courses out with dentistry. So um, one of the courses I did a couple of years ago was um, a health and safety course um, called um, IOSH Managing Safely. And again, it gives you a qualification in health and safety management. And health and safety is such a big part of dentistry, but we often don't realize that we're doing it. Um, and it covers a lot of things like risk assessments. And um, although we have infection control, which is quite specific to dentistry, but a risk assessment for health and safety is again, the same across all businesses. And the great thing about doing these kind of courses where it's not dental specific is that you're actually interacting with other people that are managing other businesses. And suddenly this light bulb goes off in your head because you think, actually, these people have all the same challenges we do, but they're approaching it slightly differently. And you just think, actually, we could do this so much better. Um, And likewise, the people that are working in in these industries, they get such a better understanding of what we go through in dentistry. So so that for me has been a a key part of, of how I learned things across the years. Mikey, I knew you'd have a huge answer to that question. It's absolutely fabulous. So let's just summarize then. So if you are coming into dentistry as a practice manager, as a business manager, then it's really important that you put time into learning the dentistry, observing, actually understanding the processes. Keep on asking why. That's really important. Uh, Mikey, just to reassure you and let you know, I fainted on day three of dental nursing during a sedation slash surgical extraction of an impacted wisdom tooth. Um, The wonderful dental nurse who put me in the recovery position uh, 20 plus years later is my best friend. Um, (laughs) So thanks to her helping me that day, we forged a wonderful relationship because I was so embarrassed, I can't tell you, and she made me feel that it was okay. Um, So then just, I think one message you gave there that's really important to 
all managers, whether you're new to management, about to go into the role where you've been, or whether you've been doing it for 20 years, understand where you lack in skills. It's okay to say that I'm lacking in skills in a particular area and this is where I need to educate and train myself and this is my next step in regards to my development. You don't have to know everything right now, but you can go on a journey to learning everything. And let's also just be really honest and realistic here that the role of the practice manager is so vast and so different in every practice and everyone has different titles. So, you know, it's okay to not have all the skills that the business needs, just identify what they are. Take time as well to be looking at courses, training and look at courses outside of dentistry. I also, Micah, used to go on a lot of courses outside of dentistry. I used to love it. I used to love meeting different people from different industries and learning. And we were all learning about the same things, weren't we? And in particular, that's where I got a lot of HR knowledge, a lot of HR courses, people development courses that I went on. They weren't just for dentistry, they were for other industries. So I love what you've said there. Um, wow. Um, what we will do, Mikey, I think that would be really good is put some links into the show notes for all of these courses that you've just mentioned, if that's all right. Um, and there is also a course that I recommend quite a lot um, to people to help them learn dentistry uh, as well, which is with the BDTA. So we'll put that link in as well. I think that would be really helpful to everyone. I know also, Mikey, um, when we could and back in the day, uh, you used to go to a lot of conferences. And I think that's where I first met you. I remember first meeting you at the dentistry show. But my question is, actually, was it even the dentistry show? Or do you remember, first of all, it was called the aesthetic dentist? Did I meet you the first year when it was the aesthetic dentist? Or did I meet, did I meet you the first year of the dentistry show? Can you recall? Um so yeah I actually think it was so it was an FMC show in London and I think it was the second series of Dentistry Live um it's that long ago um and and yeah it was a weird one because that was um that was the first time that I um had done a major speaking gig because I had been asked to speak at that conference um obviously um, Ferguson Glover, we had um, at that point won a series of awards and um, both at Dentistry Scotland, Private Dentistry Awards and uh, the other one uh, organised by Probe. I'm so sorry, I can't remember what they're the called. Dental awards. The Dental, dental awards. awards. Thank yeah. you. So, so, so sorry to the team at Purple Media. Um, but yeah, so I had been asked to speak at, um, at Dentistry Live um which which was just so so amazing and um yeah that was the first time that I got to meet you and and you know we, we we've connected over the years and um although we've not really had the chance I mean I I would say consider you a friend and and yeah I was so I was so um in awe that I'd been asked to speak alongside all these these to me who were legend speakers like yourself Chris Barrow um, and yeah, and and yeah, I think that that in itself was such a, a massive um, plus point for me, and and really gave me a lot of confidence um, that what I was doing was was good within the industry. 
Yeah, definitely. So it was Dentistry Live. Wow, that definitely goes back uh, some time there, Mikey. Um, and definitely then, you know, I've always seen, you've always, you know, met up at, you know, different conferences and things. You're always learning. You're always, you know, networking and learning, um, which is really important. And one thing I always remember about Mikey, everybody, is his lovely smile. You've just got such a nice smile. And I just always remember it from the moment I first met you. I just I just remember thinking, gosh, what a lovely smile you have. And you just you're so approachable. I think that's the, the great thing about you. Now, let's talk about awards then, Mikey. So we have a question that's been sent in. So what advice would you give for somebody who wants to enter any awards, private dentistry awards, the um, the probe awards, any awards for the first time, what are your top tips? Because I'm always saying to my clients, look, if you're going to enter these awards, you've got to be proactive in your approach. You can't just, oh, it's the deadline tomorrow. Let me, you know, write a Word document. Um, you've really got to put a lot of effort into it, haven't you, to enter these awards. So what tips could you give for people that want to enter for the first time? Yeah, so, so my first tip is, um, is go for it. Um, secondly, you don't need to use an external marketing company, an external agency to write your submission for you. It, in my experience, I don't believe that that, that helps. Um, I think that it's really important that if you are going to enter these types of awards that um, you need to be doing, doing great things in your practice. So... Um, it's really about being able to tell the story about who you are or, or why you think you, you deserve to, <clears throat> excuse me, to win the award. Um, and, and that takes a lot of time because a big part of these awards is it's all, all well and good stuff, sending your flashy video, your pictures and, and your words. But what what my experience and certainly having spoken to other um, judges that, that judge these awards what they're looking for is the testimonials that go along with the award the submission so be that <clears throat> excuse me patient testimonials testimonials from your team um, these are the things that make a difference and, and as you say you can't leave that to the very last minute um, it's all very nice to have a nice, shiny, complete package. But in my experience, it, I've never gone down the route of having an external, external agency format everything into a nice thing because one, it costs money that I don't think is, is, is relevant. It's more about being able to tell that story and, and then have, like I say, the testimonials, um, written by patients and, and the team, um, video testimonials from patients and team work very, very well. But I think the key thing is just have the conviction and, and go for it. Um, because that's, if you don't enter, then then you're never going to know. And, and I think that, um, I really do think that a lot of these awards that, you know what, they are celebrating what's great and good in the industry and, and they're celebrating people, um, especially for um, <clears throat> members of our, our extended dental team who perhaps don't get as much recognition um, on a, a routine basis as, as, as other members. So it's, it is really important. And I think certainly for us, when we've gone to these awards, if we've been shortlisted, is that 
we've often taken the team and and for us that as a practice primarily when we were doing a lot of these awards we were based off we're obviously we're based up in Aberdeen and um, and I think at one of my busiest, um, I had a headcount of about 25 people. And we took 25 people down to London, um, which obviously is not to say because we wanted to win, but it was just to say, look, you know what, Twartini, look, we've been shortlisted. This is as much down to you as it is to, down to us. We can't do it without you. So we want you to come and celebrate with us. We want to go and have a fun weekend in London. Um, so yeah, I think the, the key thing is, is, is go and do it, have the conviction. Um, don't be put off by thinking you have to have this really slick um, presentation because you don't, it's, it's, it's about the story. And if you can tell the story and your patients and your team can tell that story with you, that's what's important. That's fabulous advice, Mikey. So really, it's about driving the emotion of what you do into your application for the awards, isn't it? It's about taking, as you say, the story, making it emotional, which actually can be quite difficult because dentistry is so factual and dentists are very left brain so it's really about engaging your right brain your emotional side and capturing the stories of the team the patients and the dentists as well I love that you have taken all of your team I will say and sorry if I offend anyone I apologize in advance now I used to go to the awards all the time before having my little boy I would, I would always be at the awards it was fantastic it's, have, it's such fun and I did always used to think if somebody was highly commended or they had won you know best team or best employer and it was just two people there like the practice manager or owner I'd be like oh <laughs> you've won best team but the team aren't here um <laughs> so yeah that was perhaps not a very nice thing for me to think but I'm only honest so there we go um right so we need to get into a few more questions then and you've, you've talked about your team and the size of your team now I did a few Instagram polls because I thought that might be really interesting to do. And it was. So look out, everybody. I'm going to keep doing these Instagram polls. One that was really interesting, Mikey, um, was in regards to your top tips for hiring or firing. And that came out at 50-50. Um, so people want to know your top tips for hiring as well as your top tips for firing. So have you got some top tips you can share with us? Okay, wow, gee, this is a really, really tough one. So, um, yeah, so let's 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 go with it. The positive. So, the top tips for for hiring, um, it's about finding the right person. So, um, what I will often do is I will tend to use application forms, um, and and the reason I use an application form rather than just asking for CVs is that I'm then driving questions in advance to the candidates um, and that really does help work out who your shortlist for interview is. Um, I think the other top tip is certainly for me historically is, is, is don't rely on free recruitment. Nothing in life is free. Um, so if you're doing an advert on Indeed, then, then you know what, you, use a paid advert because you're going to get more engagement and more reach. It then comes down to your shortlisting. Um, and I think I'm, I'm quite ruthless with shortlisting, unfortunately. Um, 
especially if I've got a lot of applicants um, and I, I've done recruitment in the past. Um, I think I was recruiting for a receptionist a couple of years ago and I had something like 60 people apply. Now, you can imagine how, how tough it is to go through that to, to create a shortlist. So my first pass, I was so ruthless um, to the point that if somebody made a spelling mistake somewhere that we, I saw, it was, that was just an instant. I'm not going to look at that any further. And the other thing, I think the, the next one, which has worked really well for us, is that when we're when I'm doing interviews or when, as a business, we're interviewing people, um, I don't do interviews on my own. I always bring people in from the team. So um, if I'm re recruiting, say, a dental nurse, then I'll bring in usually a hygienist and a dental nurse to do the interviews with me um, depending on the role if I'm recruiting for um, a dental nurse for one of our dentists then I'll start the interviews with myself and a dental nurse and then I'll do second interviews with um, the dentist um, because it's really important it's not me generally that's going to work with these people on a day-to-day -day basis so what I think of someone on paper or, or having interviewed them is one thing, but they need, to, they need to gel with the rest of the team. And I think that's why it's so important. And it, it really gives your team a lot of buy-in because actually you're involving your team. They're, they're being involved in the growth of the practice and the development and, and that, that pays rewards. Um, top tips for firing people, deal with the situation before it gets to firing. I think that's that's the, the top tip is that if there are performance issues, then have a robust performance management process that you can be developing people and helping people. I think what happens so often in dentistry, um, and I'm sure it happens in other industries, is that people just don't tackle small issues early on and it just snowballs and snowballs and snowballs to the point that a clinician or a practice just like, no, enough's enough. Um, and, and the problem with that is that by the time it gets to enough's enough, you still have to go through that performance management or that disciplinary process in order to get to a point where you're having to terminate, some, terminate someone's employment. Um, and I think in my career, I've only ever had to terminate someone's employment twice and it it still is the most awful, awful, awful thing I've ever had to do. And there were good reasons for it, but you're still dealing with people. And yeah, it was so hard. So yeah, just just deal with it before it gets to that point and you don't have to deal with it. And if you have a happy team and you've got, um, you're not having to change your team, you don't have that staff turnover issue, then again, it all feeds back. You don't have to deal with the recruitment. So it's all a happy circle, but you know what it's a fact of life people leave dental practices and I've had team members leave over the years that they've gone on to um, do other things outside of dental or not outside of dentistry and in other practices but they've gone on so um, one of one of the, the greatest examples and probably one of my proudest um, moments is that I've had um, a dental nurse who worked with her before I started she then became a TCO with us. We did some management training with us and she then moved on. Um, but she moved on to go and work as a practice manager. And she's now an area manager with a corporate. And 
And that's because we've nurtured that person. Uh, we've had dental nurses who've gone on to do training to become hygienists. And I think that's what's really important, that your team will move and evolve um, as, as the business grows and as they grow as people. And that's not a bad thing. Great tips, Mikey. And I don't know about you, but what I found most interesting about the result of this poll, top tips for hiring and firing, and the fact that it came out at 50-50, is that in my mindset, if you hire correctly, you induct correctly, then you shouldn't have an issue with the firing. So it was so interesting that people wanted tips for the 50-50, because I would have thought people wanted more tips for hiring so that they don't end up in this situation. Like you say, don't get there in the first place. Um, I found that really interesting, but thank you so much. Uh, Another question, we've got a few more to get through. So another question was the result of an Instagram poll as well. And then somebody else has sent in a question, which I'm going to tag into it. So 78% of people on the Instagram poll wanted to know more about people management, how you develop and motivate a large team. And let's face it, you've got a team across two locations, haven't you? Um, the locations aren't near to each other. I mean, my I used to manage two practices 30 miles apart. Your practices are, what, 150 miles apart? So how do you manage your people, particularly across the two locations that are so far away, And the other question that was sent in is, well, how do you motivate your staff as well? Uh, Gosh, another another tough one. So I'm I'm probably quite fortunate, although I've got two two clinics that are, as you say, really quite geographically um, far apart. Um, The way that our team is structured and the way that the practice is structured, so um, our dent, one of our dentists works across both practices and our hygienist who lives essentially kind of midway between the two practices so she commutes so I really only kind of have one totally remote staff member um, but I think that it's um, it's about communication and pro- problems in any business always um, exist in the absence of a conversation um, so it's about really communicating with your team um, I speak to most of my team almost on a daily basis and a lot of people will get quite hung up on saying, oh, well, we must have a, a formal one-to-one or a, on a weekly or daily basis. And, and I think it's, for me, my style is very, is quite informal. So it's about being very approachable um, and, and really having those conversations. Obviously, like most practices, we, we'll have regular um, team meetings. Um, and I think certainly post-COVID is that, um, I know so a lot of practices often struggled with team meetings, getting people together, um, and even post-COVID, it's um, because of trying to maintain social distancing. But I think it's important now to remember that we have all this technology at our disposal. We're all so used to using Zoom now. Um, and, and that helps as well in terms of um, speaking to colleagues, um, I mean, I spend probably as much time now dealing um, with emails, um, speaking to people in person um, and and using video um, because I think it just gives that such such a connection that, you know, it's great to speak to someone on a phone. It's great to text. Um, I'm quite a visual and quite a tactile person. Um, I mean, personally, I can't wait for hugs to return on Monday, but um but I think, yeah, the, the, the personal connection is, is so, so important. 
I think in terms of motivating your team, um, I think for me, it's it's always been about championing the team, so really encouraging them. I think within dentistry and certainly for um, our dental nurse colleagues is that there's so much extra training and extra skills they can learn. And, and certainly for us as a business, that's something we absolutely champion for our, our dental nurses. So obviously we support them in the initial stages to get their initial dental nurse qualification. And then pretty hot on the heels after that, we um, put our dental nurses on the radiography training courses. Um, and then we'll look at um, sedation. We do implant training in the house. And I think for us, the key thing, and I think this is a, a key point for other practices is that if you're training your team for these additional skills, you need to let them use the skills because otherwise you're, 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 they're putting in a huge amount of effort for all of this learning to do the exams. And then if they come back into the practice and don't use it, then they just think, well, what was the point? What, where, where is my reward for that effort? Um, so for us, like I say, radiography is such a, a key thing. And, and our dental nurses, they do all our radiographs. They'll do all our clinical photos. And, and the great thing is that that motivates the team because they want to learn more. They want to get involved in the patient care. Um, and that then elevates them. Our patients all know our dental nurses by name. Um, and they know because the dental nurse is actually getting involved in the care that they know that it's a complete team effort. Um, and, and that, I think, is what motivates the team. Oh, Mikey, it sounds like a fabulous place to work. And as you know, I love upskilling team members using scope of practice. And you're doing that and you're making sure, most importantly, that these nurses are using all of the skills that they learn, that they study for, that they get codified in. And that is absolutely lovely. You've given some brilliant tips there as well. One of the questions that we had um, were in regards to your biggest wins as a practice manager. And, you know, what I wanted to ask you, what have been your memorable happy moments? Now, you've already mentioned the dental nurse who you upskilled to a TCO, developed into a manager who then did leave you. But you're proud of that. You're happy about that because she's now even progressed to being an area manager for a corporate. So that was definitely, as you said, one of your proudest moments, happiest moments. Have you got any other proud, happy moments like that you'd like to share? You know, I think it's just it's as much about looking for the the small wins in, in every single day. Um, I think that whether it's a, a fantastic patient review, a patient brings in a box of chocolates, um, we all we all search out for the big wins, and I think that often means that we stop we we don't notice the little wins, and it's the little wins that make make the most importance. So whether that's um, and certainly in dentistry we have so many of them. So be that um, the nervous patient who comes in terrified of. of coming into the practice as a, a new patient and they've been taken through that complete patient journey um, by, by various team members and they get to the end of the treatment and it's it, it can be life-changing um, even just somebody getting getting out of pain is life-changing for them and, and they realize that and I think for us um, and for me as a team and, and what I love is where a patient then writes a review but it's not just the writing the review about the practice, they're actually naming 
members of the team within that review. And for me, I just think, well, you know what, we've done something right because we've, we've done a great thing for that patient. The patient's delighted, but we've also engaged um, on a personal level with that patient because they, they're remembering who's been involved with their care the remembering the names. And I think that's that's what's so important for me. And those are those those really are the big wins is that where the whole team is getting that recognition um, from our patients. I love it. Definitely focus on the little wins because they really are the big wins, especially when they're involving the whole team. So when it comes to the um, shall we say crappy days as a practice manager, because let's face it, the role of the practice manager is difficult. It is hard. Is that how you would focus and sort of try and re-engage yourself into a more positive mindset then as well? Would you use those little wins to try and help you when you're having a difficult day, a bad day? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's the important thing to remember is, is we all have bad and challenging days. Um, and, and certainly that um, practice management can be quite a lonely, um, a lonely environment to be in because we're not, we're kind of in the middle, really. Um, we're not the owners and we're, 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 we're and I'm not saying, I'm not saying we're above the team, but essentially we're trying to lead the team. So we can be caught in the middle. And I think it's important to, to have the support network around you. So have a support network of friends or have other practice managers that you can vent to. And, and certainly things like Facebook forums can be great for that, just to share those experiences. Um, but I think certainly for me, as you, as you say, it's, it's looking for the small wins. And, and it's taken me a long time to realize this, that despite how bad your day has been, there, there will always be something good there and you just have to look for it and grab onto it and, and cherish it. And if you do that, then you know what, that's great. If that doesn't work, you know what, a glass of wine is also a, a great thing at the end of the day. But I think, yeah, it's, it's about knowing that there is always always something good somewhere however small and it's just about finding that and grasping it that's a lovely answer always look for the good in a bad day Uh, I absolutely love that and let's face it the last 14 months 15 months have been extremely difficult for practice managers and practice owners alike and there were days when uh, we didn't no one knew what was even going to happen the next day at one point so looking for the good even on the very worst days and knowing that look after all of this you've come through the other side is really important I know you've said it's taken you a long long time to get into that mindset but that's a great top tip that people can adopt now especially if they're early into practice management always look for the good in that day and write things down because it will really help you. It's not good for you to take things home, to be stressed out at home, to be keeping, you know, to be constantly in a negative place. You've really got to focus as a practice manager. And I definitely say it's one of the things that I have always focused on is trying to look at the positive and everything to keep your mindset in a positive place because otherwise it's not good for you. It's not good for your for your mental health, your physical health. It can have such a huge impact. And I think when practice managers are in this state of stress and worry, 
it does spread across the team. The team can feel it. They then feel there's got to be this, there is unease. What's happening? My, what's wrong with Mikey? Mikey's Mikey's not right. Mikey's not in a good mood. We, we obviously therefore need to be worried about something when they don't necessarily need to be worried about something. So mindset is definitely everything. I have spent years investing in and educating in mindset. Have you invested in education around mindset as well, Mikey? Or if not, is that something that you plan to do? It's, it's not something I, I've done formally. Um, personally, it's, it's um, something I have done. And, and you know, I'm, I'm the first to, to put my hands up and say that in, in the past I've had, I've, I've had struggles with, with aspects of mental health and, and, I, and I've dealt with that and I've had professional help with that. And I think that that's important. And certainly, yeah, I mean, mindset is everything. And um, it's certainly, yeah, it's one of the key areas that I'm, I'm certainly looking to, to develop myself. Um, and I think it's it's about being resilient. Um, as you say, the last the last fourteen months has been probably the most challenging. I think in dentistry in in any of our lifetimes, um, it's it's been it's been incredibly incredibly tough for everybody. And and I think as you say, it's really important that um, as a team we all we're all sort of cohesive and we're all uh, we're all very aware of of people's mindset and how that impacts on the team um one of the areas that i'm certainly looking to again that i'm looking to develop over over the next year is um is is mental health awareness and obviously it's, it's mental health awareness week this week and i think it's really important that managers have have skills um that they can not deal with mental health but skills that they can have the conversations and that they know how to or where to signpost if people um, need a bit of help but I think it is very important it's a lot of it is about having conversations um, and and recognizing where aspects of of your life are, are, are perhaps causing toxic toxicity toxicity um i mean social media can be so so toxic um facebook groups can be be so so um, vipers nests and really wells of toxicity and and certainly one of the key things that i did last year um because i i, I really did feel that during lockdown i was really struggling I was struggling with social media and I really thought actually it's, it's these Facebook groups that, that are doing it. Um, and what I did was I switched off notifications for so many groups and I just hid them to the back that if I wanted to go and look, they were there, but I wasn't constantly getting notifications. And I think for me that, that, that was a turning point and realizing that, you know what, it's okay to step away. You don't need to be involved in everything um for me sometimes looking at social media it's just it it was almost like standing in a room standing in a really noisy room just chatter 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 and and you just had no clarity um so yeah I think that's really important and I think mental health and and supporting your team and it's not about knowing how it's about knowing the knowing the conversations to have and then being able to say to point people in the right direction it's not about having the answers because none of us will always have the answers and we're not we're not professionals in that respect but I think it is important to to be able to to recognize if someone's behavior has changed and I think this is uh, we touched on earlier about performance management 
is that if somebody suddenly starts acting up or is not performing how they used to is well there's always there's a reason for that and as as good managers as leaders as owners we need to be able to have those conversations to to discover the why mikey what you've just said there is absolutely fantastic noticing when behavior has changed supporting each other with mental health thank you for being open and sharing uh, part of your story there as well mental health awareness is absolutely key and I think it's great that that's an area that you're now looking to develop yourself in and for those of you again that are listening we can put into the show notes some courses that you can look at whether you're a team leader or practice manager business owner uh, because it is very important now to have mental health first aiders within the practice so we'll post some comments about that, um, some links rather, um, so that people can find out more. And I think that's a lovely journey that you're about to go on. And I would definitely love to hear more about that in the future, Mikey, as well. That that would be great. But I just love that. If behaviours change, it's not necessarily about performance management and managing someone out now. It's about recognising that behaviours changed and being open and speaking to that person and being supportive. Absolutely loved it. Mikey, thank you so much for hanging out with me. Gosh, we've gone through a lot of things. Let me just summarise, uh, uh, well, if I can, <laughs> because there was so much that we have gone through. I firstly just loved your tip, look for good in a bad day. That was really, really important. And I think, again, that really supports mental health and supports practice managers and everybody in the team. Your HR tips for recruitment are fabulous. Be ruthless with shortlisting. And I also love that you have a collaborative approach to recruitment. It's not just about you. I'm all about that. And I think that's fantastic. You love to motivate your team. You encourage them. You train them. You educate them. And you make sure that they use those skills as well. And that is absolutely wonderful to hear. It is absolutely fantastic. And you provided some great tips for awards as well, so for entering dentistry awards and to really focus on getting the emotion and the stories across in your entry, that that is so important. And that is what will support you in becoming shortlisted. Mikey, as I've said, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I'm sure our listeners are going to absolutely love this podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Laura, for having me. It's been, it's been brilliant fun. You're most welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. I'd really appreciate it if you could give my podcast a five-star review and do subscribe so you can listen to every podcast the moment that it's released.